Hello, hello, iTap Online community, and welcome to another episode of the Lost in the Shuffle Tap Dance Podcast, brought to you by your online source for tap dance education, itaponline.com. My name is Hilary Marie. I am your host, and I am here to support you in your tap dance journey with quick and easy access to new knowledge and fresh inspiration. In short, I want to help you be the best tap teacher that you can be. That's what it's all about over here, and I'm excited for today's episode. This is the first episode of the new year, of the new decade. I have so many exciting new things planned for this new year and this new decade over here at itaponline.com, and in today's episode, I'm answering some questions that have come my way via the ITAP Online Community Facebook group and the 99-Day ITAP Online Teacher Training Program. Now, I've got awesome questions here for you today, and before I get started, I want to extend an invitation for you to join my live chat series. So twice a month, and this is new, this has been new in the last couple of months, and I have been absolutely loving it. This is a big new change that I made over here at ITAP Online a couple months ago, and I've been loving it. So twice a month, I go live and face-to-face with ITAP Online family members to answer all of their questions and talk all things tap dance. Now, what I love about the talks are how wide-ranging they are and how much personal time I get to spend with ITAP Online family members because we really are doing this live and face-to-face. So we get to have some really great, deep conversations. And we've talked about everything from how to approach recital choreography to how to talk to your studio owner about giving the tap program more support and you know more specific things like how to get your students to find the one in the music so if this sounds like something that you're into I want you to head on over to itaponline.com and check it out check out what it means to be an itap online member so not only do you get access to me directly for these twice a month live chats but you also get access to the ITAP Online Video Library, which I'm also working on some really exciting new updates for. So that I'm going to keep a secret for now, but it is something that you can look forward to very, very soon. So let's go ahead and get started here. Let's go with my first question of the couple that I will be sharing with you today. So I received this question here and it says, I have a student who's struggling to keep up in class. I move him, if I move him back, my fear is that he will quit, but I don't want to hold the other students back by keeping him in the current class. What are your suggestions? Now, here's my answer, you guys. I end up in this situation often at Grooves Unlimited Dance Studio, at my studio in Livingston, New Jersey, specifically because we get transfer students from other studios who join our program. For example, they might be 14 years old, but they dance at the same level as one of our 10-year-old students. Now, it's important to note that our classes at Grooves are based on level rather than age, so you will see a span of ages in one class. For example, an intermediate level tap class could have a number of dancers ages 10 
through 17, but it's possible, you know, that where, and actually not just possible, but most likely that when that student transfers over, they're accustomed to being in a studio setting where they are with dancers their age, because that's the reality of most children, teen dance programs in America. We cater it to their age rather than their level, but it grooves. It's more about level than age. So when I'm in a situation like this, you know, where I have a student who is struggling to keep up in class and you know I'm afraid that if I move them back that they might quit that you know they might just drop then I recommend that these specific dancers take the higher level class and the lower level class so I recommend that they do both and I give them a very clear explanation as to why I want them to do this and how long it's going to last so for example I will say hey listen I know that you want to take tap four, but I think it's a bit of a reach for you. So let's do this. I would like to see you take tap three and tap four at the same time, right? During the week. You'll take tap three for the first three months of the season. And after that, we'll check in and see how you're doing. And I tell them, you know, tap three is where you're going to focus on really cleaning up your basic technique. And tap four is where you're going to push yourself. Now, what I have found is that sometimes after taking both of these classes, they may choose to drop to the lower level on their own, which is better because then it's their decision. It's their choice. Or it's possible that they'll choose to push themselves, work hard, and fill in the gaps of their technical foundation and level up. That's typically what I see. Majority of the time, I see that, you know, telling them to take both of these classes really lights a fire under their butt and it inspires them to, you know, work hard and level up. But I think overall, what is most important in a situation like this is you have to be open and honest with the dancer and the parent about why you you are recommending this and exactly what it looks like. Don't try to hide it in something else. Don't say, hey, listen, do you uh, want to be an assistant teacher for the lower level class? And then that's your way of secretly hoping that you know, you'd like them to take the class, but you were nervous about recommending it to them. Don't do that. Be upfront and be honest. Say, you know, I think tap four is a bit of a reach, but I am willing to, you know, have you participate in this class so long as you do tap three as well for these few months. And from there, we check in. And then, you know, after those three months, I often have the dancers drop out of the tap three class and they continue solely with the tap four class. Or sometimes they decide to do it for a whole year and they do both. So it really sets them up for being inspired to reach for the next thing and to also be involved in just their own dance journey and not having those decisions forced on them. So that is my thought on that. That is an awesome question. So thank you for that one. All right, this next question is, I am starting a new class tomorrow at a middle school. Apparently the kids have some experience per the teacher and I need some ideas on the best way to gauge the level of the dancers during the first class. All right, so this is great. This is a really great question. This is something that we talk about a lot in the 99-day ITAP online teacher training program. It's something that I have a lot of experience with as a guest artist who travels the world, you know, going into studios with dancers that I have never met. I've never met them until now, and I only have them for this one 75-minute class. So I have approximately, you know, three to five minutes to truly assess 
assess the level of all of the dancers in the room so that I can then move forward with an appropriate level class, right? Because they might say to you, oh yeah, they're advanced. Well, advanced is just a word and they might be the most advanced level dancers in their class or sorry, in their studio. But that doesn't mean that they're advanced, you know, to New York City level advanced, which is what I have the concept of what advanced is, right? So the way that I like to approach this is I feel that warm-ups are the best place to hone in and determine the level of a class. More specifically, I recommend progressive level warm-up exercises. Now, if you want to get some free progressive level warm-up exercises, I have them available on the ITAP Online website under the free courses page. So head on over to itaponline.com, find that free courses page, and you can check out three videos that I have for you. They are all yours. They are progressive level exercises, which means they're in the same format but they advance, you know, you make it harder as they move along. So the format of the exercise does not change, but the level of the exercise changes. Now I dive deeper into this concept in episode nine of the Lost in the Shuffle podcast. So go back to episode nine, which you can jump to really quickly and easily by going to itaponline.com slash zero zero nine. And that episode is called managing multiple levels in the same class. So you'll see how progressive level warm-up exercises are great for not only gauging the level of new dancers, but it's also a great teaching tool for how you can keep everyone on the same page when there's a span of levels in the room. So I really recommend that you start out with your warm-up exercises to test the waters. Now, the next thing that I recommend when you have to quickly assess the level of a new class or a new group of dancers is that you do some call and response. Start out easy, do some toes, heels, slaps, shuffles, and slowly increase the level of what you're throwing at them with combination steps like waltz clog and maxi ford. And then you can go to, you know, longer, more broken up phrases like step, heel, step, heel, dig, spank, heel, toe, hop, lap, heel, brush back heel dig spank heel toe shuffle stomp you know whatever it is or you can do something a little bit more groove based to see how their musicality is if you say with just your heels can they catch on or is that a little bit too intense so use call and response as an opportunity to Test the waters of their level of not just their technique, but their musicality as well. And you're going to do this by starting off easy and slowly, and then you're going to slowly increase the level of what you're throwing at them. And it'll give you a chance to see what vocabulary they're aware of without overwhelming them. Now, this was a question that was posted in the ITAP Online Community Facebook group, and there's one other thing that I want to point out. There was a lot of suggestion in the ITAP Online Community about starting off a class with an improv circle as a way of assessing the level of the dancers in the room. So first off, I just want to say shout out to everybody who's in the ITAP Online Community Facebook group, and for those of you who are super active in supporting each other, those of you who are super active in asking questions, but also answering questions. It's it's truly beautiful. It's everything that I was hoping the ITAP Online Community Facebook group would become. So shout out to you guys. Now, the next thing, though, is with this suggestion, I strongly advise you not to do this. 
An improv circle is not a good way to gauge a dancer's technical level because they may have never been introduced to improvisation before, or maybe they were and their teacher, you know, just didn't do a very good job at it, or maybe they just don't practice it, or maybe they are super scared of improvisation, or maybe they just have very little improv experience. You can have a dancer who is wildly technically advanced and have zero improvisation chops and ability. They could have zero level comfort in improvisation. So I strongly advise against this also because you could completely overwhelm these students and you can lose them before you even started working with them. All right. So I recommend that you start with your progressive level exercises and you move into some call and response and that will quickly and comfortably allow you the opportunity to assess their level. All right. Next question and final question Someone says, okay, friends, help. I have a group of dancers and I'm trying to teach them how to use their arms naturally when they dance. They either go between sloppy opposition and second position or hanging down at their sides like soggy spaghetti noodles. Nothing I say seems to help this group. And I explained to them that there needs to be a bit of tension in their arms, but not rigid. Ugh, they're killing me. Help me. What should I do? All right beautiful question. And this is a question that I get so often. You know, I'm always asked, how can I teach my students natural arms? Now I answered this question in one of my more recent ITAP online family live chats. And what's great about these live chats is like I said, they're live and they're face to face. So when I answered this question, I actually had the opportunity to step back, stand up and show exactly the exact exercise and the exact explanation that I provide my students with when it comes to teaching them natural arms. And the beautiful thing about these ITAP online family live chats is they are archived for your ability to go back and replay them. So even if you weren't available to be live with us that day, you don't miss out because you can go back and you can do the replay of the chat. And if you join the ITAP online family now, you're going to have access to all of these archived videos. So you can go back, you can scroll back and check out all of the previous live chats as well. So this is a question that I answered with visual explanation in the ITAP online family live chat archives, which is available in the ITAP online video library, which is available to ITAP tap online family members. So if you're interested in checking that out, head on over to itaponline.com and hopefully I will have the opportunity to chat with you face to face. But for now, I hope that these answers to these questions give you some support and some guidance in your tap classes. So if you have any questions that you want answered, go ahead and post them in the ITAP Online Community Facebook group, which you can get to by typing in ITAP Online Community in your Facebook app. Or if you want to keep it quick and easy, go to itaponlinecommunity.com itaponlinecommunity.com and that link will reroute you straight to the group. All right, you guys, I wish you all the best in everything you do. I hope that you have beautiful classes this week and that I will have the opportunity to share some shuffles with you soon. 